welcome to the Jules Weber podcast. We are going to dive right in because this week we're talking about my favorite thing ever. We're going to be talking about dating. We're going to be talking about my personal journey with dating, some thoughts I have on dating. I would love for anyone listening to this to come away with a total reframe of this process and how beautiful and amazing and wonderful it truly can be. I I've said a few times recently that there are a few things in my life that have truly made me into the woman that I am. And I mean like the woman that I am today, like the, the, the confident, empowered, vulnerable, um, messy human woman that I am, that I'm, that I'm very proud to be. Um, you know, my childhood made partly made me who I am. Motherhood made me who I am. Um, choosing to start and build my business and to build that around what I truly feel called to, that made me who I am in a lot of ways. Moving to a new city, starting over. One of the things I truly hold up there with all of these things is dating. <laughs> dating has shaped me for the better. It has taught me about my inner landscape. It's been, it's been a, a place and a framework for me to explore and see and, and truly hold hands with the innermost parts of myself for better or for worse. Um, it actually always for the better, but, but sometimes that's been painful. Um, I think if you're someone that has dated before, you know that the process and the experience of dating can oftentimes be as painful as it is healing and beautiful and illuminating. And what I have learned and what has truly changed my life, not only my life, my my experience of dating and my experience of men and of myself is that I truly have learned to be present to the process, to appreciate the process, to allow the process of it to be a vessel for me to get to know myself and to deepen my relationship with myself. I am somebody who at one point considered myself very anxiously attached getting attached early to guys getting wrapped up in my fantasy of them um, from a very early age and, you know, from as a teenager. And I have learned to approach dating in a way that has made me more deeply attached to myself. And I feel like I'm able to approach it now as a securely attached person. And that has been life-changing, just life-changing. I find that one thing that we tend to do and that I've done in dating that really kind of undercuts the process um, for us is that I've been very goal oriented with it in the past. I've, I've been, I've approached it, you know, and, and so many of us do approach this wondering, you know, how do I get this person to commit? How do I get them to stay? How do I make this into a, the relationship that I want? Um, And for some of us, that's, how do I get married? I want to get to the place where I can have kids. I want to know the rest of my life. I want to plan the rest of my life. And 
it's it can be it can be a, a bit of a delicate and vulnerable process to learn how to hold those things front and center, your desires, what you want, while also detaching them from the process, right? I have found that when I attach my my goals um, or what have you for dating, when I attach those things to the person that I'm on a first date with, you know, or the person that I'm on my fifth date with or someone, you know, we've not committed to each other yet. It makes the early stages of dating really difficult because I miss out on the person that's in front of me. And not only that, I miss out on myself. I miss out on the present moment, which is where you really can get to know somebody and really genuinely connect with them. And it's that genuine connection that so many of us want to create. You know, women, when they come to me and, and they hire me to support them through this process, invariably they say, I want a deep, authentic connection with somebody. I want that, you know, but we, we do skip over it time and time again. And people feel that in the dating process. We feel that in the dating process. And so what I have loved and what has really changed my life has been learning how to, yes, prioritize my desires, prioritize the future that I want, of course, and to allow that to guide a lot of my boundaries and a lot of the ways that I do this, right? And to also keep it completely detached from the process in the early stages of dating, right? And and this isn't, it's not even just in the early stages. A lot of us do end up committing to relationships and we still, we can still show up with this controlling energy of wanting our partners to be a certain thing for us to show up in a certain way. Like we we want life to look a certain way and we will kind of force them into our picture instead of truly co-creating a beautiful picture of life together that we want and doing the actual work and co-creation of relationship. And that, that is what, what we're, what we're going to get at today is I have forgotten at different times as many of us do that I'm in this process for relationship. I'm here for relationship. I want to relate with somebody. I am actually here because I want to have dialogue and conversation and I want to offer support and I want to be supported. And I want, I want that safe, intimate closeness that is, is truly infinite because, because two people with infinite interiority, um, as John O'Donohue calls it, because those two people meet and can truly never stop exploring one another, never stop learning about one another. And it's that infinite journey of relating that I want at the core of all of this, at the core of getting married, having kids, being in a, in a, in a container that's, you know, quote unquote official with somebody calling them my boyfriend, them calling me their girlfriend, their partner, whatever it is, you know, these decisions that we make together at the center of all of it, I want relationship. I want that delicate, nuanced, beautiful healing journey of relating. And I want relating at the core of what that is to be healing. I want it to be healing. Um, I was saying this to a, a close friend of mine the other day who 
you know, is, is going through her own dating process. And she met somebody who was, who was just a delight to be around, you know, and he was super attentive in his communication. And, and she was just noticing like how, how much that contrasted with other men that she's dated who um, have been more distant. And I said something to her, you know, when we're in this, when we're kind of in the cycle of choosing what's familiar in terms of like what was wounding to us as a child, we will often choose those same patterns, that same confusion, that same chaos. We will recreate that as adults, um, as so many of us know. And when we experience the opposite of that, when we experience choosing what is healing for us instead of what harms us, it can be the most beautiful thing. And I always say the healthiest relationships are more healing than they are hurtful. Um, No relationship should just be hurtful, but humans will naturally hurt one another. We just will. It's just a byproduct of being human. It's a byproduct of being messy. It's a byproduct of the biases that we bring into relationships of how we've been hurt before of us doing things out of our subconscious without realizing it. None of us ever, ever, and this is what I truly believe, none of us ever intend to hurt just is a byproduct of being humans living life together. Things are going to hurt and the healthiest relationships heal more than they hurt. Right? So when we're in healthy dynamic, we, we can voice, Hey, like something's hurting right now. Like something feels sad. Something feels distant. Something feels off for me. Like I'm hurting right now. We can voice that And it can be received by someone with the capacity to hold that and to explore that with us as equal partners, right? And and we can arrive at a place that feels intimate again, that feels safe again. It's that process of repair when we're hurting. Repair, I've done another podcast episode on this previous to this, but repair is the most beautiful process of intimacy that there is. It's bringing tears to my eyes because it's often for so many of us what we don't believe that we can have. I said in the podcast episode on repair that I did, Vienna Ferrone, who's a, a beautiful, brilliant, brilliant, yes, beautiful, but really brilliant marriage and family therapist. She's mindful MFT on Instagram. She had this beautiful quote that I just, that it's really stayed with me because it's so concise and clear, but that relationships are just cycles of connection, disconnection, and repair. And so many of us in our wounding, we love the connection. And then we experience disconnection often and we don't, it doesn't occur to us that that can or should be able to be repaired and we can return to connection, disconnection and or experiencing any feeling or form of disconnection can just freak us out. And we often will approach dating. And I have, I certainly did this for a number of years in my life. I will approach dating with the priority to just preserve the connection and to never have to experience disconnection at all. Because what I told myself growing up or what I learned was that once there's disconnection, there's just pain, there's abandonment and it's awful and it's so painful and there's not going to be anyone in that disconnection with me to help create intimacy again, to help me feel safe again. No one's going to be in that with me. And I have had to very intentionally heal that part of myself that doesn't expect to be able to repair and to restore connection. Right. And that 
has truly changed my life. Truly. That element of repair is what gives relationships the capacity to be truly healing. Right. And I'll just share, share this. I mean, when I was, when I was married and we were kind of in those last few years of our marriage that were really the hardest for us, I had this this moment that was just so sobering for me, bringing tears to my eyes because it was so, it was so delicate and so brave for me to finally be able to be honest with myself about what my relationship, what my marriage with my husband at the time actually was and what it really had become. You know, I tried so for so long and I truly, and I truly believe that he did too. I think we both did. I wanted to just become a better person. I wanted to just be somebody that could, that had the capacity, the wisdom to just fix it all. You know, I wanted to believe for the longest time that, that just unconditionally staying there with each other would be what made it better, that eventually it would, it would get better, you know? And by better, I mean, I mean, just that life became so stressful for us the last those last few years just and stress really can wreak havoc on a relationship you really want to have like such a solid foundation with each other of, of communication of kindness of support of um equality i don't mean equality in the political sense i mean equality just in terms of you know respect and approaching your relationship in a, in a kind of an equally empowered way and i think that there were some things you know because we got married in a in a very religious context, you know, we were evangelical Christians and our foundation was like, oh, our, our, like we've got these similar religious beliefs and we have similar beliefs about our roles in that and all these sorts of things. And we kind of, for me, I don't want to speak um, for him, but I kind of made this choice based on my beliefs with a lot of unconsciousness about like the shame that was driving me and the wounding that I carried and all of that is so many of us do, you know, when we're 20. And, and so as all of that was kind of shifting and changing, as we had sort of looked at this religion of ours and deconstructed it, I found that more important than whatever my religious beliefs were, or whatever my beliefs about gender roles were, I needed a, a strong set of core values. And I was very disconnected from what my core values were. And and so the end of my marriage was sort of when my true core values started to emerge. And one of those values was that any relationship I was ever in in my life, whether it be romantic, whether it be the family members that I choose to spend time with and extended family members, whether it be friendships that I was forming, whether it be any like business relationship that I had, truly any relating that I did in my life, my standard was that it needed to be more healing than hurtful. And it needed to heal me more than it hurt. That was my new standard. And truly, truly no relationship that I was in should ever be harmful ever under any circumstances. Things can hurt without harming, right? I can say, oh, like this, this moment, this hurts, or, or I'm in a moment that feels difficult, that feels distant. I don't like that this hurts. And, and like, I want to name that, right? And that can that can be said and experienced from, um, from security, from, um, openness, from connection and an intimacy, right? Harm 
is different. You know, I had exposed myself in my life to so many relationships that where I made made choices and I stayed present to things because I truly didn't know any different. And so many of us don't that harmed me, that harmed my self-esteem, um, that harmed the way that I saw myself, that harmed my body, that harmed, you know, that did harm that I later had to repair myself because I realized what was happening. And so my marriage, in some ways, I felt I was harming myself. I felt that I was you know, my trust within myself was disintegrating and things hurt so much. They hurt all the time at the end to the point that it just, it became difficult to be kind. And I had these two babies and, and I just remember to go back to like this moment, this like really sobering moment where this core value of mine emerged. And I just thought this should be healing me more than it's hurting me. And the same thing for him. It should, this should be healing for him. And I, and I accepted in that moment, you know, it had been years of things hurting so much and also healing in some ways, but, but really it had been painful for a long time and, and just accepting like, okay, in in this present moment, this is what this relationship is. And for a long time, I've been banking on us being able to heal this in some future moment and have a better marriage, a marriage that we love again, a marriage where we're best friends again, like we used to be, you know, and, and I remember just in that moment accepting, and again, this was partially through the wisdom of a, of a lovely mentor who helped me see this in myself, accepting that the present moment is really all I have. And in that moment, after this 10 year relationship with my husband, I had returned to the place that I now exist in, in the dating process, which is being present to the moment, being present to the person in front of me, being present to myself, being present to what's really happening right now. And making decisions based on that, not some future potential not something that hasn't happened and not even making decisions purely based on my, my past, my wounding, you know, that I brought into this moment, but just being here. And I remember in that moment in my marriage, that being the moment that I was, that I was just, I was willing to let it go. And, and I think it can be so important in the dating process to preserve our ability to let somebody go at any point in relationship if we get to a place where we cling to them where we hold them in a vice in a white knuckled grip where we have no ability to hold someone with an open hand to hold a relationship with an open hand and to trust ourselves and trust them with that um, we have to ask ourselves what am I really trying to get here for myself? What safety am I trying to source here that this person can't give me? What safety do I need to give myself so that I can trust again, right? And at any moment in relationship, at any moment, whether we've been on one date, five dates, whether it's been five months or five years or 50, we have to preserve our ability to let somebody go. It doesn't mean that we're ready to break up at any moment. It doesn't mean that you should never be attached to somebody. Attachment is a normal part of relationship. And that's why the early stages of dating can be so difficult because in a way, 
we need to preserve a measure of detachment while also getting attached a little a little bit at a time until we find out whether this can work for us or not, whether we can establish a container that can hold that attachment in a safe way that we can depend and rely on, right? And so attachment and relationship, it's, it's normal, it's necessary, it's absolutely, and it's beautiful. It's part of why we can heal. But we also, and not even but, also existing alongside that attachment and relationship that exists in a secure way, we have to be able to know at the core of who we are that if this relationship ended or if this person chose to leave because their happiness would be better served without us, we have to know at the core of who we are that we will be okay. We have to know, we have to have that knowing that I can be okay without this person. If that is what life asks of me, if that is what they ask of me, I can be okay if that is what I have to ask of myself, right? That truly no relationship is ever the difference between life and death for us. And that's such a strong statement, but um, you may be surprised how often people approach dating with a, almost a life or death level of stress and anxiety. And that's because as babies, as very small children, attachment is a life or death need. 100% children are wired to preserve attachment with their caregivers at all costs. And women, I'm speaking to women, men do this as well, but we actually do bring that into the dating process and it makes it really difficult. It makes it very, very hard and very challenging. And it causes us to make decisions that are actually not in our best interest. And that's where we get into harmful dynamics, right? Um, because we're just used to everything hurting all the time. And so, and that was, that was certainly my choice. I look back on some of the choices I made and, and who I chose to spend time with and the men that I chose to give my body to. And I just feel so sad for, for her, for that girl that I was, whose self-esteem was just, I mean, it, it, it almost felt non-existent at times, you know? I had incredible shame around my sexuality. Um, I was incredibly, incredibly codependent, really had no sense of boundaries, really had no sense of respect for other people's boundaries. I was desperate to preserve connection anytime it felt like it was being offered to me. And, and I was a, I was a beautiful, smart, intelligent young woman. I wasn't, it, it was such a situation of just, of not being able to see that in my, I look back at her and I'm just like, oh man, you know, like I wish you could have seen, seen yourself the way that I can see you now. And the truth is there just, for a long time in my life, there was some of this, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to see and believe my own, my own beauty and my own worthiness being reflected back to me. I was incredibly, incredibly hard on myself. If if anything ever happened in a relationship or a connection where somebody was upset with me, I often felt that it was completely my fault. I often felt I needed to be dishonest in order to make sure that they still liked me and I needed to be something, perform in some way. And so it, it made it incredibly difficult to sustain and create authentic connections of any kind. And it was one of the reasons that evangelical Christianity felt so safe to me. It felt like, oh, there's like this A plus B recipe for acceptance here. It's, you know, it's like there's a certain 
code, a certain culture, a certain set of like behaviors <laughs> that if I do these things, I can be accepted. Was that, you know, did I try to, did I walk into that thinking I was, you know, deceiving myself in that way? Of course not. No, like it just felt like home. It felt like family. And, and there are even way, little elements of Christianity and of the Jesus tradition that still feel that way to me. But I needed a path, a certain path to acceptance, to social belonging. And Christianity and my church community at the time were those things for me. And so when all of that codependency, you know, really just fell apart and it was so hard, my core values emerged. And that is what the dating process gives us, right? That is what relationship gives us. I think what is really tough and what we're going to what we're going to reclaim, what we're going to reclaim in Chosen, my dating program, 12 Weeks of Courageous Dating, is we're going to reclaim the ability to just practice being ourselves in relationship. We can be so scared of that in the early stages of dating because we want someone to like us. We want someone to choose us and that's all okay, but we can often really hold ourselves back in that place and we can, it can tend to feel like anything that we do might lead to this person not wanting to call us back. And so we overthink everything. The, the volume of questions I get from women that starts with, should I do X, Y, and Z? Should I do, you know, this, should I send this text? Should I, how long should I wait before I have sex? How long should I, how long, what should things look like? What should I do? Um, you know, I see that in those women, I see my myself at the time that I went into Christianity thinking, oh, like there's a certain recipe for A plus B equals C. If I do this and I do that, then I'll have certain social acceptance and belonging. That is how we approach dating. Oftentimes it's, oh, like I, things should look a certain way here. And if they, if I can make that happen, then I can be chosen. You know, I can feel like someone wants to choose me. We hold back so much of ourselves. We end up starting connections that end really quickly. We will say things like, how come I never can get past the first date or the second date? How come I can, I never really get past that three month mark? You know, it's because we don't feel free to just be the messy version of ourselves in that place and really trust in those early stages of dating that that person showing up as that person is enough and it's going to be enough for the man that we want that wants to be with us. And so um, that's why I call this courageous dating is because it, it takes courage to truly be present to the dating process in a way where you accept your messiness, where you accept that you're going to have to practice setting boundaries, saying what works for you, saying what doesn't work for you and, and doing that in a way where you preserve your ability to let somebody go. As I mentioned before, you preserve your ability to let them go if that's something that they don't want. Right. And what you end up being able to do is you let them go. If they are not something that you want, you remember better in that place. Oh, like I'm deciding here too, if this is somebody that I want to be with, if this works for me. And that is such a beautiful, radiant, magnetic energy to bring into the dating process because it's true self-esteem. It's true self-respect. And developing these skills takes time and it is messy and and it feels cringy at times, right? Like truly expressing ourselves. And courage is what gives us the ability to do that. Courage is the thing that makes the difference. It's the it's actually the thing 
that allows us to transition from creating all these stop and start connections where we feel so confused, where we feel so anxious and getting us into that place of true authentic connection with somebody. It's the ability to let go in an empowered way, in a way that really works for us and to be surrendered in the process that allows us to actually create a secure relationship with somebody. And so chosen is all about how do we preserve that in the process? You know, how do we preserve you staying connected to your core values and practicing those skills of relating? What are your practices that are unique to you, right? How do we preserve your ability to practice that? To How do we preserve your ability to be in the practice of your core values in the dating process? Um, that is a truly courageous task. And that is admirable to me. And it is admirable to anyone that you're going to be on a date with who is going to be able to have that and create that healing dynamic with you, right? Um, and I would say that this is more important than ever. It's become more and more important as we have entered into a post-Roe v. Wade world where women's bodily autonomy has been compromised. It's been assaulted. It's been violated. We need to be able to enter the dating process knowing how to create a safe relationship with that person who is in integrity with us, who is in alignment with those with those core values of ours, right? We need to be able to enter the dating process with a true standard of relating that will really help us thrive and really help us heal and really help us like really feel supportive to us as we navigate an increasingly complex world. And so this is the value of dating, dating, dating when it's, when it's going how it should be, it's going to hurt. Sometimes there's going to be connections that don't pan out. This isn't, this is not a situation where you're, it's just going to be like, you know, rainbows and daisies because you did a program, right? What dating is though, is that when it does hurt, I'm not going to judge myself because it hurts. I'm not going to make it my fault. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to damage my own self-esteem because something hurts, right? I'm going to actually use that to learn more about what I need and more about what works for me. I'm going to allow the dating process to be incredibly constructive. I'm going to let it change my life. I'm going to let it heal me. I'm going to let it increase my confidence and my sense of beauty and who I am with every single connection. Um, If dating is going well, you'll find that every connection that you have successively is better than the last. And if you're closer to that secure relationship that you're really looking for, that lifelong partnership, if that's what you're in it for, you're getting closer and closer to that each time. And so, yeah, so I really invite you to check out Chosen. We are in the early bird stage of registration right now. Um, I believe by the time this podcast episode comes out, there will be like a couple of days left for that. There's tons of wonderful things that we're doing when you register as an early bird. So go check that out. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful program. Women create incredible friendships in my programs. It's not even just about the dating. It's about the camaraderie with other women and and the closeness and um, the people that you meet. I mean, it's, it's truly incredible walking this journey side by side with other people that are on it with you. I'm there with you every single day, coaching, guiding, 
supporting, encouraging, um, really reflecting your beauty back to you every single day. I love this program so much. I love running it. I love being a part of it. It deepens my own relationship journey anytime I'm in it myself. I love it so much. So yeah, so go check that out. We have a dating profile workshop that we're doing to help you really know that you've got a profile that's communicating your authentic self and that's going to be magnetic to the person that you're looking for. And we've got like live group coaching calls that you can be a part of if you want. We've got an online community forum where I'm offering daily coaching, um, weekly videos. It's just really 12 weeks of something that can really hold you in this process and help you connect with your own values, your own courageous sense of intimacy to create that deep, authentic connection with someone that we all crave. I've really, I've seen women meet amazing partners and create incredible relationships after they've done this program. And I really believe in it. And I'm so excited to offer it again this year. So yeah, go check out the link for that in the show notes. It's going to be an incredible journey and I can't wait to have you. I'll see you over on Instagram or on email or in chosen. And I really can't wait. Talk to y'all soon.